0: Focus on Headline. All right, let's take a look at what major issues are making the headlines today on Focus on Headline. For this, uh, joining us in the studio, we have our usual Wednesday reporters in Handan and Ijeon. Guys, welcome back. Good evening. Good evening to you guys. We're going to start things off with the latest development out of North Korea because this time the regime has unveiled the state's first military spy satellite uh, claiming that its development is now complete. Uh, This as North Korea seeks to boost its war deterrence against South Korea and the United States by placing its eye in space. Now, there has been always a question as to how technologically advanced are some of their satellites there? We've seen some of the images that they carried around. uh, You can barely see some of these uh, images, but uh, Tan, nevertheless, uh, give us the details of this.
1: Sure, SJ, we saw this coming. We knew that North Korea's new satellite launch was in the works, and it's been over six years since its last launch, and it has been testing its military satellite technology in recent months. And today, the state-run Korean Central News Agency released a photo of a big screen that displayed what it claims to be North Korea's first military reconnaissance satellite and its specifications. It's a hexagon-shaped structure with four solar panels spread out at the top. It's believed to be designed to operate by unfolding those four solar panels when the satellite enters the Earth's orbit. Now, although the picture was not vivid enough to show all the satellite specifications, Weapons experts assume that the satellite has the four solar panels at the top and an optical camera at the bottom for surveillance. The, they estimate it could weigh between 200 to 300 kilograms. Judging from North Korea's previous satellites it placed into Earth's orbit, experts say that the latest spy satellite will successfully be able to enter the Earth's orbit. North Korea successfully launched Kwangmyongsong 3 and 4 in 2012 and 2016, both of which weigh around 100 kilograms. Weapons experts are also focusing on the launch vehicle that will carry the satellite into space. And many speculate that North Korea will use a newly developed rocket, possibly uh, using the solid fuel propellant rocket launcher that we saw when it fired its Hwasong-18 intercontinental ballistic missile last week. And with regards to this, Kim Jong-un has briefly mentioned about a plan to begin the production of a reliable rocket uh, in line. With Pyongyang's advancement in various satellite development programs. Chiyong will have more details on Kim's remarks in our next story. Now, experts analyze that this indicates North Korea has standardized its rockets for its satellite launches and is gearing up to begin their production. And they assume that the spy satellite will be lifted off the ground using an upgraded launch vehicle using the Pektusan or Mount Pektu engine, which was loaded on ICBM level Hwasong 15 and 14. They say the new model will have uh, been designed to carry heavier payloads. As for the previously launched Song 3 and 4, like you briefly mentioned, S.J. North Korea claims they are fully functioning, but it remains unknown if they're in operation.
0: Yeah, I'm just taking a look at the uh, photo uh, provided by Yonhap News Agency, which they got from the uh, Korea Central News Agency. You have a picture of uh, Kim Jong-un sitting down, and of course, his daughter Kim ju is sitting right behind him here. Uh, Basically, they blurred out Uh, the specification and the picture of the specific satellite. So we can't really get a look. Uh, We do see the hexagonal uh, image there and everything else is just kind of blurred away. Uh, But this is, again, North Korea's first military spy satellite uh, that we're looking at here. And the launch is also going to come amid heightened tensions here on the Korean Peninsula. So do we know what the regime is actually aiming for, though?
1: Well, first off, North Korea will be uh, able to closely observe Seoul and Washington's military activities and track movements of strategic U.S. assets deployed on the Korean peninsula. It's also aiming to immediately identify the location of South Korea's deployed forces and its targets. North Korea has its strike capability, but it lacked the eye its surveillance. And now, by launching its first military spy satellite, it's aiming to boost its war deterrence against South Korea and the U.S. and maximize its military efficiency and practicality. It's still in its early stages, though, and experts say uh, North Korea will need at least 24 small satellites to monitor all regions across the Korean peninsula 24 hours a day.
0: Also, uh, reports suggest that uh, country's leader Kim Jong-un instructed officials to launch, again, this military surveillance satellite. As we talked about, we've seen the vima- I mentioned the image that was provided by the Korea Central News Agency with the officials on hand, standing up while he is ordering uh, the, the, the launch of the satellite, but... Uh, Chiao, let's talk about what this would mean for the region. Then,
2: uh, sure, Sj. Now, as you mentioned, North Korea's leader Kim Jong Un has reportedly instructed officials to launch a military surveillance satellite, which has raised concerns about the country's military uh, military capabilities and the potential threat it poses to the United States as well as South Korea. However, it is unclear whether the timing is coincidental or deliberate. At this point, Uh, but Kim Jong-un said uh, that the satellite satellite is a crucial component of North Korea's military strategy and that it will help them to strengthen their national defense capabilities. And he also said that they plan to launch multiple satellites more in the future, including ones for weather observation and communication. Now, Kim's visit to the uh, country's National Aerospace Development Administration, which was the picture that you depicted before SJ, um, this was his uh, first visit in over a year to this, uh, this, uh, this, this administration. Now, he was accompanied by top officials from the education uh, and science research sectors, as well as the technical experts and specialists in the information and communication uh, sector. Now um, as you mentioned, Kim uh, uh SJ, Kim Jong-un's daughter, Kim ju Ae, also accompanied him on the visit to the country's space agency. Now, she was dressed in a beige blouse, black slacks, and black shoes, and appeared to be quite well-dressed for the occasion. Now, many say that this is quite significant, uh, showing that this is uh, the heir of the country and that um, she will be uh, marking her foot in the uh, his administration in the future. While some experts remain skeptical about North Korea's abilities. Uh, Recent reports suggest that Russia has been collaborating with North Korea on its military satellite program. So it's possible to say that they could have more advanced capabilities than that we've previously thought. But um, the development of this satellite marks a significant, uh, significant advancement in North Korea's space program, which has been a source of concern for the international community uh, due to its possible use of the uh, ballistic missile development. So it is a definite uh, big situation that we kind of need to keep a close eye on.
0: Yeah, I, I still don't think Kim. Ju- might be the, the next leader in line, to be honest with you. Uh, I feel like uh, the role that she might be playing is something like uh, the, what Kim Yo-jong is playing, right? And uh, there's a lot of uh, question marks into his uh, first son, but that, that's that aside... It's interesting how North Korea has been really emphasizing their satellite development, because if you guys remember uh, back in December of last year, they came out saying that, look, we were able to get the satellite spy imagery of uh, South Korea. And we got really close uh, we're able to get the uh, the capital city of Seoul. They also got the, the Western port city of Incheon as well. And it was literally just like.
2: Google Maps <laughs> like, like Google Maps had better image than this. was just, just
0: bad. It was black and white, it was very blurry. You could barely tell you can tell that it was Seoul because of the Han River that's uh in, yeah. in the in the middle. But yeah. other than that, like you had no idea whether this was South Korea no in the first idea. place. And then that was kind of the thing, right? North Korea was their uh, kind of message was Haha, ha, we can get this close. We can uh, spy on you guys with our uh, satellite technology and South Korea kind of came back and said Well, I mean your image is really bad and you right you can barely see anything and that really irked them and so like Kim Jong-un basically said we need to improve the spy satellite uh, development and so we'll have to see because There's no images obviously because the launch hasn't take put, taken place just yet but speaking of which we don't know the specific date for the launch we just know that they're about to launch this because Kim Jong-un ordered them so But what are some of the other things that we know about uh, the launch of the satellite?
1: Well, Kim Jong-un has ordered to launch the satellite within the planned time frame without specifying a date. While opinions vary on when the launch would come, most experts agree it won't take that long for North Korea to prepare for the launch, as the satellite can be launched using technically the same rocket as the one used for its recent ICBM launch. Uh, there are a couple of scenarios as to when the launch would come. First is as early as next week, marking President Yoon sung Yo's visit to the U.S. It may aim to send a strong message to President Yoon and President Biden that Pyongyang still has the leverage over security issues surrounding the Korean Peninsula. Another factor leading to speculations that North Korea may carry out the launch next week is the anniversary of the North Korean army which falls on April 25th. It may try to maximize the Kim Jong-un regime's military achievements by lifting the satellite off the ground for the first time. Another scenario is uh, the North firing the spy satellite at the end of next month, which is when South Korea plans to conduct the third launch of its homegrown duty rocket. Like you said, North Korea likes to compare and belittle South Korea's military capacity when it can, and it could serve as another chance to do just that. But other experts argue uh, the time may be too tight for North Korea to conduct the launch within this month. They say considering the numerous technological inspections needed for the success of the launch, which, by the way, will be uh, strategically important in Mm -hmm. dealing with South Korea and the U.S., the North may take a more cautious approach and take sufficient time before its first attempt. Some predict the launch will come between May and September after completing its development of the right Rocket launch vehicle. Either way, North Korea is highly likely to report to related international organizations like the uh, International Maritime Organization or International Civil Aviation Organization before its launch to show the world that the launch is a legitimate satellite launch and that it's uh, abiding by international norms.
0: Yeah, and it's one of those things where little can be said by the international community, right? I mean, they can't say, well, you can't launch a satellite uh, up there, a spy satellite. They can argue that, well, everyone else has a spy satellite. Why can't we? It's not a threat. Um, but uh, it is, again, I mean, the, the timing we've we've been pretty bad with the uh, the, the guessing of uh, when launches happen. We've talked about uh, the, the seventh uh, nuclear test that hasn't happened uh, among North Korea. But you do make a very good point. It is highly likely that they're going to test it out as much as they can before they actually make the launch, because obviously a failed launch uh, would be devastating uh, for uh, Kim Jong-un, right? Uh, we're going to stay with some more North Korea issues. This time, top U.S. military commander here in South Korea, General Paul Le Camara. Has just given a chilling warning about North Korea's nuclear and missile capabilities. Now he said that Kim Jong Un regime has developed military uh, military capabilities that can reach beyond Seoul, Tokyo, and even Washington D.C. Is what he said. Chiang, can you uh, elaborate further on this?
2: Sure. Now speaking speaking before the House Armed Services Committee, uh, General Locamara said that protecting the United States and its allies is the top priority of u.s. forces here in south korea and he also pointed that the korean war has not ended and you the 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 uh, the country remains in a state of armistice now the general uh, emphasized the importance of maintaining combat readiness and realistic training to defend against potential provocations from north korea now uh... camera mentioned that North Korea's greatest threat is its land-based nuclear capabilities, such as the ICBMs. Now, he noted that the U.S. has not been able to prevent North Korea from developing these capabilities, but must focus on restraining the regime from deploying them. Now, when asked about China's role in North Korea's recent provocations, the general said that the border between China and North Korea has reopened, and Materials are being exchanged and he also believes that China can apply pressure to North Korea but chooses not to. Now, also, responding to questions regarding uh, the recent leak of classified documents that allegedly showed the U.S. was planning for the collapse of the North Korean regime, uh, the La camera uh, confirmed that there has been no black backlash from U.S. allies regarding the leak. So he didn't give a definitive yes or no answer. He just said that the allies just are on their, t- on their team.
0: Well, I mean, th- what are they going to say? I mean, they obviously, they want the collapse of the Kim Jong-un regime, right? Uh, but uh, how is that going to come about is the big question, right? And uh, how North Korea is going to probably respond to this uh, report as well is the other big question. Mm-hmm. But uh, speak. we have more military news here. This is um, quite an interesting interview uh, that came out recently, as you know, that South Korea, it's been over a year now um since the uh, the war in Ukraine uh, and Russia's invasion of Ukraine and uh, the one thing that uh, South Korea has remained firm on was the fact that they will do all they can to assist them uh with uh, you know defense defensive uh, materials like uh, helmets and uh uh you know bulletproof vest and and uh, medical aid and things like that but they said no to lethal aid they said nothing like bullets ammunition guns tanks all that stuff we're not going to assist them but it seems like President Yoon Yeol may have hinted that South Korea might start providing uh, weapons to Ukraine, kind of shifting away from that stance that South Korea has had for over a year. And uh, I, this is quite a, a huge, huge move. And it does also come uh, right before this U.S. summit Uh, that uh, uh, Yun-Sagyar is going to go over to Washington next week. But uh, Tan, what exactly did he say here?
1: Well, his remarks came during an exclusive interview with Reuters. To the surprise of many, he suggested that South Korea might extend its support for Ukraine beyond humanitarian economic aid if it comes under a large-scale civilian attack. He said, quote-unquote, if there is a situation the international community cannot condone, such as any large scale attack on civilians massacre or serious violation of the laws of war it might be difficult for us to insist only on humanitarian or financial support he added that his uh, the korean government has been exploring how to help defend and rebuild ukraine just as south korea received international assistance during the korean war Uh, This marks the first time South Korea suggested its willingness to provide weapons to Ukraine uh, more than a year after uh, ruling out the possibility of lethal aid. South Korea, despite being a key U.S. ally and major producer of artillery ammunition, it has so far tried to avoid antagonizing russia considering its diplomatic and economic ties with moscow it has uh, it has to consider south korean firms operating in russia and also cannot play down moscow's influence over North Korea. Uh, But President Yoon said that he believes there won't be limitations to the extent of the support to defend and restore a country that's been illegally invaded, both under international and domestic law. He did, however, say that considering uh, Korea's relationship with the parties engaged in the war and developments in the battlefield, South Korea will take the most appropriate measures. His remarks came uh, just about a week before his planned state visit to the U.S., where he'll hold a summit with uh, President Joe Biden, marking the 70th anniversary of the two countries alliance. President Yoon has said he will seek tangible outcomes on the allies' efforts to improve responses to evolving threats from North Korea, which has ramped up military tests and launched its uh, first solid fuel intercontinental ballistic missile last week. During the interview, he also talked about South Korea, Seoul, and Washington's nuclear defense against evolving North Korean threats. He said that the two countries are focusing on bilateral measures to strengthen information sharing, joint contingency planning, and joint execution of the plans. In February, South Korea and the U.S. staged tabletop exercises simulating a North Korean nuclear attack as part of Seoul's efforts to play a bigger role in Washington's nuclear policy over the North. When asked if the allies would uh, envision an Asian version of NATO's nuclear planning group involving Japan, he said that in terms of responding to a powerful nuclear attack, South Korea needs measures stronger than what NATO has. He added there's uh, no big problem if Japan joins, but since there's been much progress between the U.S. and South Korea, he believes it would be more efficient. To create this system between the two countries first.
0: Yeah. So um, talks of an Asian version of NATO is not going to fare well with China, right? I mean, that's that that's going to cause another big problem uh, mm-hmm. in the region. Is which is why I think he's being a little bit more cautious with the whole idea of an Asian version of NATO. There's already this military alliance with uh, South Korea and the United States, and we have seen improved relations and alliance with uh, the Japanese military as well. But I think, again, the last thing this area needs right now is the the Asian version of NATO. And now you're going to start a whole different sort of clash and conflict uh, with China here. in the meantime, South Korean authorities have confirmed that the government has been discussing uh, again uh, the support for the uh, Ukraine when it comes to uh, the the the, uh, the weapons here, but this also comes after news reports of hundreds, of thousands of 155 millimeter shells being shipped from South Korea to US military base in Germany that were released here. Basically, we talked about this before. South Korea's technically not supplying Ukraine with any of these lethal weapons, but there seems to be a quote unquote le- uh, loophole here, and this seems to be one of them. Jiang, uh, what's the latest on this?
2: Sure. Now, the according to the South Korean Defense Ministry spokesperson, Chun Hagyu, um, Chun told reporters that the government has been actively pursuing ways to support Ukraine, including uh, providing military supplies. Now, this is just uh, this hasn't been 100 percent confirmed, but they are in discussion at the moment, according to John. But when asked about the reports of the shell shipment to Germany, the spokesperson uh, would not confirm or deny their uh, veracity. Now, this is certainly a change of tune since last week when a number of top government officials have been voicing that the South Korean government's position is that it does not support Uh, any lethal weapons or provide any lethal weapons to Ukraine. Uh, He did, however, emphasize that such support for Ukraine would not uh, compromise South Korea's own military readiness. Now, the shells were reportedly part of a contract in which South Korea agreed to lend the United States 500,000 shells to replace stockpiles that have been depleted due to Ukraine's ongoing conflict with Russia. Now, Ukraine has been seeking military and ammunition support from various countries, including South Korea, since Russia began, uh, began its military offensive in February 2020. Now, while South Korea has been providing economic and humanitarian support to Uh, Ukraine. uh, It has so far, so far been stating that it will uh, not provide lethal weapons. Uh, But this seems as though it could uh, change with the discussions. Now, the issue of military support for Ukraine has been a contentious one in international relations with Russia opposing such efforts and even warning potential consequences. Now, the recent confirmation of South Korea's discussion with the United States on this matter is likely to draw further attention from
0: global leaders. And it's interesting because it's not, we've seen, for example, in the past where I believe like Canada had bought some ammunition from South Korea, and then then Canada basically used that to ship it over to Ukraine. Mm -hmm. We've seen cases where uh, Poland was also purchasing some of these uh, military equipment uh, from South Korea, and then which hand uh, Poland would then uh, send that over to Ukraine. And so... The argument that was made, although this is the quote-unquote loophole that we're talking about here, the argument that was being made is, as a person selling this it doesn't matter. It's it's not anything uh, South Korea's fault. What they do with this, right? As soon as this leaves their hands and it's been sold, it's the property of what is, whichever country that bought it, whether it be Canada, whether it be Poland, whether it be the United States. But this time it's interesting because it's lending, right? They're lending. It's it's loaning. They're giving them on a loan here. They're lending the shells. So what does that mean? What is South Korea then going to get in return after this? Are they going to get the 500,000 shells afterwards? Or is this a sort of another way of them going well. The U.S. is not really going to give them back anything, but uh, I mean, this is the loophole that South Korea can take to assist Ukraine with the uh, the lethal weapons. There's a lot of uh, a lot of questions at hand here, but uh, the big question is: once and eventually, this war is going to be done and over with mm-hmm. in Ukraine. What's the relations going to be like with all the international community with Russia? Right? Is everything going to be normalized after a while? I don't think it is. It, it's it's uh, Russia's in a point where there's just no turning back right now, and, and uh, it's, it's going to get quite interesting later on. Guys, we talked about how uh, South Korean government has been doing all they can uh, to improve the already pretty rosy relations that they've had with uh, uh, the United States, and uh, we've talked about how the relations seems to be very asymmet- asymmetrical uh, with uh, the two sides here. Um, but we've talked about uh, the U.S. government's announcements regarding the Inflation Reduction Act guidelines, uh, we know that uh, that uh, South Korea, of course, I, I'm hoping that the President Union uh, mentions this during the summit, but now we're getting reports that the u s. Commerce Department is moving to slap new tariffs on Korean steelmakers. So again, another one of President Biden's America first agenda here. Tan, again, <laughs> this is another sort of way of the u s. ramping up its measures to protect its domestic companies across all industries.
1: Well, as we all know, the U.S. has been uh, keeping big South Korean firms on their toes regarding huge tax credits and subsidies provided by the U.S. government, which could negatively impact uh, the South Korean firms' businesses in the U.S. when excluded from those benefits. And now the U.S. Commerce Department has announced its preliminary ruling that a 0.5 percent countervailing duty must be imposed on Hyundai Steel. A countervailing duty is a tariff or tax imposed on imported goods by a country's government to counteract the negative effects of subsidies given to producers by the exporting country's government. So long story short, it's intended to prevent unfair competition between domestic and foreign producers. And uh, the department pointed out that a Korea's cheap industrial electricity rates are serving as a government subsidy. The current domestic industrial electricity rates stand at $95.6 per megawatt, which is around 82% of the OECD average. The figure, yes, it is relatively low when compared with major economies. It's actually half of that of major European countries like the UK and Germany. Uh, Despite Korea's relatively low electricity fees, the U.S. has ruled that Korea's rate calculations are in tune with market principles back in 2020, just three years ago. Uh, But it appears the Commerce Department has taken issue about South Korea further lowering its industrial electricity rates uh, in recent years, despite a sharp rise in global energy prices. The unit price of domestic industrial electricity rates has been lowered From 107.1 per kilowatt in 2020 to 105.1 in 2021. Concerns are rising over the possible negative effect on the upcoming South Korea-U.S. summit as the issue may eventually escalate into a trade conflict between the two countries.
0: I'm telling you, uh... Well, a lot of people were hoping that leading up to this summit uh, between again just a second state visit right under the uh, the, the Biden administration the right. first one was Emmanuel Macron and now uh, President Yoon Suk Yeol the second state visit here uh, that everything was going to be rosy right and we're also marking the 70th anniversary of the alliance between the two sides here we had the of course uh the government uh, the pentagon leak document incident which mm-hmm. uh, you know south korean government said uh, you know there's no ill will from the uh, the, the u.s and uh, also a lot of them seems like it's forced and then we had the incident where it seems like the hyundai uh, cars and the kia cars have now been removed from the list of 16 cars that are going to be receiving that seven thousand five hundred dollar subsidy so there's, again, another big thing. And now this. And so there's going to be a lot of questions at hand. And uh, there's President Yoon se has a lot of difficult agendas at hand uh, in this next uh, discussion with uh, President Yoon se Of course, for our listeners out there, next week is the summit. Uh, we will try to get to you guys the, the most thorough coverage as possible. Uh, but in the meantime, with uh, less than a year until the general elections, we've talked about the importance of the general elections. The South Korean government, again, in this dilemma, whether to increase electricity and gas prices, right? Because leading up to the uh, the general elections, if the gas prices are too high, electricity prices are too high, uh, voters are going to get very upset, and uh, you know the ruling party not going to get that vote. Well, increasing the prices will certainly help address uh, the financial losses of the uh, the state-run companies, as we talked about, Kepco bleeding money there. But it will be hard again to avoid. Negative consensus from the voters out there. Uh, ji us let's, let's get this uh, dilemma that the government is facing.
2: Uh, sure. Now, with the general elections approaching, the ruling party is reluctant to implement price hikes, while industry experts argue that they are uh, necessary to alleviate the financial stru- struggles of state-run companies. Now, there is concern that if prices are raised, it could lead to an increase in Heating costs in uh, during the winter months, which could further harm the ruling party's popularity. So the ruling party is urging state-run companies such as Kepco to find alternative ways to address their financial losses before raising prices. However, industry insiders argue that the measures proposed by state-run companies are insufficient, leaving the government in a difficult position. Now, the decision on whether to raise prices will likely be delayed until after the upcoming Yoon-Biden summit. But the Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy has suggested that they are in favor of raising prices but are caught in the middle of a political struggle between the ruling party and energy companies. Uh, now, while they acknowledge the need for price hikes, they also they said that they're also concerned about the negative impact it could have on the public and also the upcoming election. So the government and the ruling party um, are in a catch-22 situation. Now, if prices are raised, it could... Cost financial difficulties for households, businesses, potentially slowing down the economy. On the other hand, if prices are not raised, the state owned corporations may continue to face financial difficulties, potentially leading to a larger economic crisis down the
0: road. Also, a fuel tax cut set to expire at the end of this month will be extended for another four months. Obviously, big news for people out there who have been complaining about high fuel prices like myself. Uh, also, this as the government prioritizes easing financial burden of the people above all else amid the rising global oil prices. After we talked about the the production cut announcement by the OPEC Plus not too long ago, down uh, let's also get more on this.
1: Sure. South Korea plans to extend the consumption tax cut scheme on fuel despite concerns the government's tax revenue may Mistarget amid an economic slowdown, a 25 percent discount on the consumption of gasoline and a 37 percent tax cut on diesel and LPG butane will remain in place until August, according to the finance ministry. The ministry said that despite the recent difficult financial conditions, the government has placed its top priority on easing. Uh, the burden of the citizens. The ministry pointed out that local and global oil prices have been rising since the announcement of OPEC Plus's production cut. Now, this comes despite Korea's snowballing national debt and fiscal deficits. Finance Minister Chu Kyung-ho has warned numerous times that South Korea's tax revenue may fall below its earlier estimate due to multiple reasons, including uh, the economic slowdown and the government's tax cuts on real estate. So this clearly Clearly demonstrates the government's will and efforts to ease people's financial burden to help them weather the economically turbulent times. The updated measure will be implemented on May 1st after cabinet approval later this month. The government expects the tax cut extension to help people save around $25,001 per vehicle. A month. The government first cut its tax on oil in November 2021 to reduce public burdens from the pandemic-stricken economy, extending it uh, ever since.
0: It's actually saving me something like ninety thousand won for me because they dropped so much. So uh, the tax cut has—I mean, thirty-seven. I drive a diesel, thirty-seven percent is is a huge cut here. Yeah, it's a lot. Let's talk about uh, something that we kind of previewed uh, yesterday, as we know. All the major countries uh, around the world are pushing for their own chips act. Uh, This is a war over semiconductors. Everyone is trying to uh, put less dependency on uh, imported uh, semiconductors. Uh, As we talked about, the EU's Executive Commission... Finally, uh, approving its 43 billion Euro CHIPS Act, this comes out to 47 billion U.S. dollars, uh, this is in order to boost domestic semiconductor production. Uh Jiang, tell us more about this uh, EU CHIPS Act.
2: Sure. Now, the law aims to invest around uh, 62 trillion won, uh, which is roughly about 50 billion U.S. dollars, in the private and public sectors to strengthen the EU semiconductor industry. Now, this includes investments in semiconductor design, res- uh, design Research on next generation chip technologies and workforce development. Now, in addition, uh, subsidies will be provided for facilities that continue uh, to uh, contribute to the stability of the EU semiconductor supply chain and also and. Uh, towards in monitoring um, a crisis response system that will be implemented soon. Now, the South Korean Ministry of Trade, Industry and Energy has assessed that the EU law does not contain any Explicit discriminatory, uh, discriminatory provisions against overseas companies And therefore, the direct impact on South Korea's semiconductor industry is minimal, according to the government However, the ministry noted that the competition in the global semiconductor market Could intensify if the EU chips' manufacturing capabilities are strengthened on the other hand, it also sees opportunity for domestic small and medium-sized companies to expand their exports if the EU expands its production facilities. Now, the semiconductor industry is a key sector for South Korea, and the EU's new semiconductor law will continue to be closely monitored by South Korean officials.
0: Yeah, the uh, EU's uh, market share of the semiconductor, I believe, is like something like 9 to 10%. And so they're trying to increase it by uh, double, right, 20% is what they're looking at by 2030. And they're saying that in order to meet that demand or reach that goal, they have to quadruple their production rate, which is uh, not an easy thing. But of course, uh, when there is a shortage in semiconductors uh, especially in uh, the automotive uh, industry there's been a shortage of cars semiconductors for cars Uh, a lot of people are trying to uh, rely less dependency on overseas uh, chips nevertheless guys as always thank you very much for your reports today have a safe one and we'll see you guys again thank Thank you. you